those of us who are follically challenged wear hats to accessorize. We don't get to go have haircuts, but uh, so good to be here. Daryl and Denise send their love and send their regards, and uh, they're just having a bit of a break, and it's so so deserved, so earned, and um, they're just, they, they just send their love to you guys. And uh, also, if you came a little bit later to church this morning, you wouldn't realize that there was a power cut, that like the power went out here at like 8.30, and uh, so we like literally got the power going uh, like one minute to nine. So Praise God, uh, the, the devil's a liar. Yeah, yeah we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna serve Jesus today. Okay, so we're going to get into the series. Uh, welcome any visitors and guests we've got hanging out with us today. It's so cool to have you with us, and um, so cool to be here in Pukekohe. Um, but I've got a message this morning. I've called it Dollars, Debts, and Private Jets. Dollars, Debts, and Private Jets. We're, we're starting off this series called A Little Bit of Wisdom. And I, what I want to do um, first off, like straight off the bat for us, is actually explore what the Bible says, what the Proverbs say about living with financial wisdom. Now, I know this is like a heavy like first in for like the, 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 the wisdom series. Uh, I know there's a whole bunch of other stuff we could have talked about before we talked about financial wisdom. But from what I understand and from what I see and from what I've experienced, most of our issues, problems, worries, stresses, uh, insecurities and the issues of life often stem from being around money. A lot of our challenges are to do with money. Uh, most of you in the room, if I said who wants more money, you'd probably say I want more money. Uh, money can solve problems, money can fix problems, money is such a central part to our lives and it would be wrong, I think it would be wrong to do a series on wisdom without looking at what it means to live with financial wisdom. Like how do we, how do we be smart with this stuff? The Bible is actually full of conversation and words about finances and money. Jesus preached a lot about money. He taught about money a lot. In fact, if you look through the scriptures, Jesus spoke more about money than heaven, hell, and love combined. Like he spoke a lot about money. The book of Proverbs is loaded, like loaded with, with words about how to be wise with your finances and how to live this way. And I think it's, it's done like that because I think God realizes, or God obviously knows that money is such a huge part of our lives and such a huge contributing factor to stress and worry and problems and issues and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, we're going to dive into that today. And uh, I, I will make a disclaimer, I am not a financial expert. I failed school certificate maths twice. Like numbers are not my friend, okay? Like I, I'm not a financial expert, I'm not an accountant, I'm a pastor, I'm a reformed uh, PE teacher, like I, I, this is, that's my game, but I am a student of the Word. And so I do know the Word, and, I, and I, what I want to do today is let the book of Proverbs lead us. I want the wisdom in that book to lead us to understand what God's heart for us is, and so we can live in a better place. At the end of the day, like I want to live in a place of freedom. Like I don't want money to be like a dominating factor in my life that restricts me from the freedom of God. And I want to I want to serve God. I want to love for God. I want to I want to do what God's called me to do, and not have the burden and stress of that, that money brings into my life. Another disclaimer I'll give you is this: This is not a give more money to the church message. I know some of you are sitting there going, oh gosh, here we go. The pastor's here. He's going to tell me to give more money. No, this is not a give more money to the church message. This is a financial wisdom message. This is a how do we live aligning ourselves with the Word of God so that we can be more free and have a greater level of ability just to be free in God and to do what God's called us to do. I don't want to live burdened by money. I want to live free from all that kind of stuff. So is that cool? 
All right, I just, I just wanted to set that up. I want to look at today three, I guess we could call them financial wisdom statements um, that I find in the book of Proverbs. And I've, I've sort of like categorized what's said in the book of Proverbs about money into three different things. They're not the only things, but I, I want to explore those with you today. Is that cool? If you're with me, say, I'm with you, Steve. Okay, there's a few of you here. That's good. I'm, I'm pleased about that. If you're not, enjoy the ride. Uh, so the first one is this. If you want financial wisdom, number one, downgrade your dependence on debt. Downgrade your dependence on debt. Now, also, another disclaimer. This is not going to be rocket science today. Like, this is not some great revelation that I never knew that, Steve. Like, I've never heard that before. If you were coming here for some deep theological, like, revelation, come back next week. Daryl's preaching. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, this is, like... The simplest truth, but how many of you know, I, I know, sometimes the simplest truth is the truth that really sets me free. And so, okay, you know, downgrade your dependence on debt. I have two children. Um, Judah is 11, Rocky is 8. And as a parent, sometimes you have to borrow stuff from your kids. Like sometimes your kids have got stuff that you need, you've got to borrow it off them. Like my kids always have cash. I never have cash. I don't know where they get cash from, but they always have cash. Like, need $2 for Mufti Day at school? Man, I got no money. Like, what, 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 give, give me your money. Like, they always seem to have, like, get off grandparents, and they steal it off people. And, you know, like, they're church kids, man. Pray for them. They need Jesus. But, they, they, you know, they always seem to have cash. And so I'm like, hey, buddy, like, I need some, I need a, can I borrow that? And th this is my kid's response to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you owe me. I owe you. I owe you. What do you mean I owe you? Dude, everything you have is because of me. You're alive because of me. Your bed I bought, your food I bought, the house you're in, I paid for that house. Your shoes, they're my shoes. Your toothbrush, I bought, in fact, give me those shoes. I want my shoes back. I don't owe you, son, I own you. You belong to me, I don't owe you. I'm not in debt to a 10 year old. Give me a break, I own you, man. Give me that money. My wife's like, don't worry, sweetie, we'll pay you back. I'm like, babe, you're undermining my parenting here. I'm trying to teach a lesson in debt to a 10-year-old. Let's talk about debt for a second. Let's dive in. Proverbs 22 says this. Do not be one who shakes hands and pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you. Wow. See, debt isn't all bad. Like, not all debt is bad, but debt for stuff you don't need is bad. Let's just, let's agree on that. Debt you're going to struggle to repay is bad. Debt for stuff that is beyond your means or stage or season in life is bad. Debt to buy things you could otherwise couldn't afford and you can live without is bad. Okay? Those debts are not good. Often the mindset, and this is what I see, maybe it's just this generation, but what I see is a mindset that we carry that ends up pushing us into debt is the mindset that says, I deserve this. I deserve this. I'm a queen. I deserve this. <laughs> I, I work hard. I deserve this. It's been a busy week. I deserve this. I, I've worked hard for this. I deserve this. Listen, you may deserve it, but can you afford it? That's the question. It's not, do you deserve it? Sure, you deserve it. But can you afford it is a more important question. Um, I know this young couple, and they're a newly married couple, a great couple, and uh, living for Jesus in church, 
both had really good paying jobs. And, uh, but what, I discovered, what we saw after journeying with them for a while is they, what they were doing is they were getting into debt. They were using credit cards and they were like loaning money off their parents to buy things like cars and houses and stuff, which actually was beyond their current season. So they're like, oh, we, this is the car we want. And this is the stuff we want. And this is what we, where we want to be. So we'll borrow money and we'll get into debt to get the stuff we want. It wasn't the stuff that reflected their season. It didn't reflect their current season with where they were at. And, and so what they ended up doing was getting into debt up to their eyeballs for the cars and the houses that they wanted, but then didn't reflect where they were. And so now they're in debt to their eyeballs and cannot, they're like struggling to stay afloat. This is what I've discovered. A lot of our debt is us trying to live our life today. Uh, sorry, it's us trying to live tomorrow's life today. That's what a lot of debt is. It's like, man, I really want that. Yeah, maybe 10 years' time you can have that, but, you can't, but not right now. Like that car, that fashion accessory, that whatever, it's like, I want that. But that's, that's 10, year time, 10 years' time you. Like maybe, yeah. Or you look at other people and go, oh, but they've got that. Yeah, but they're like 20 years older than you. They're in a workforce longer. They've, been, they've, they've paid their debt. They've, they've, they've gone through the journeys. But so often we get into debt because we want to live tomorrow's life today. And uh, for Bex and I, my wife, Bex and I, our only debt we have and the only debt we've ever had is our mortgage. That's the only debt we have. We do not have debt on credit cards. We do not have higher purchase. We do not have personal loans. We do not get things on finance. If we want it, we save and we buy it outright. That's our rule. Now, I know that's not uh, everyone's journey or everyone's story, but I think that's wise. I think it's wise to do that. Proverbs 22, 7 says this, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. Like when you are in debt and when you've got debt on credit card and you've got debt on higher purchase and you've got debt on personal loans and you've got debt on your house, when you've got all these different debts going on, all you are doing is working to pay the lender. It's all you're doing. And it is suffocating. And it's so difficult to see a way forward. Now, if you are a person right now and you are in significant debt or you've got multiple debts, from here to you, there is no judgment. There is no judgment. Like, we all have a story, we all have a journey, and something got you to where you are. It's okay. No judgment. Don't feel bad about that. Don't feel like you're being condemned from the pulpit. Like, you're going to hell, you've got debt. You know, that's, that's not the message. Um, there's no shame in it, but my, my encouragement to you to live with biblical financial wisdom is to, is to downgrade your dependence on debt. There's ways you can do that. There is consolidation things you can do. Uh, if you want help, email help at Elam Christian Center because we have a cap debt center. We can help you get out of debt. We can help, like we will help you. If you need help, tell me because we've got a team that will help you get out of debt. Why? Because it is a financially biblical, wise way to live. If you, if you wanted some homework today, and I know you came to church going, man, I hope I get homework. <laughs> it's exactly what I want on my Sunday. Here's what I encourage you to do. Go home, review your debt. Look at your debt, figure out how you can clear it fast, how you can pay it down. Stop taking on stuff you don't need. Stop buying stuff that's beyond your means. Like maybe it's my generation. My generation loves to live like our parents, but our parents are like 30 years older than us. So we're like, we want their house, we want their car. Listen, like live your now, that's future you, all right? 
Uh, if you want help, let us know. We will help you. Okay, firstly, downgrade your dependence on debt. Everyone with me? This is like, I know this is astronomically like revelatory stuff. Okay, here we go. Second thing, if you want financial wisdom, number two, show me the money. Show me the money. Downgrade your dependence on debt and show me the money. Um, my personality type does not lend itself towards details. I don't like details. I like to have fun. That's what I like to do. I'm not interested in knowing the... There, I've got a couple of like sanguines in the room. They're with me. Uh, we, I just love to have plans. I don't like plans. I like spontaneity. I like adventure. I like fun. I, like, I don't want to be tied down. I don't like recipes. Recipes are boring. I don't want to follow those rules. Give me the ingredients. I'll make it up. And, and like, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like instructions for furniture. It's like boring. Let me figure it out. Like, I don't, I don't like, I just like to have options. If there's a way to do something, I want to do it the fun way. Not the efficient way, not the quick way, not the way to best results, the fun way. That's like, I'm a nightmare to have in planning meetings. Everyone's like, we need plans. I'm like, we need fun. Like, I'm just, I'm just going crazy. Like, so for me, university was, was crazy because I would do every assignment and every exam. I'd study the night before. That was it. No, I would not do any work. Why? Because that's not fun. Like, why would I want to do that? Like, I have no motivation to study until I really have to study. Then I pull all nighter and I'd like, I'd pull it off. It was just the way, the way it worked because I've got no motivation to it. I want, I'll, I'll just figure it out. That's, that's kind of my plan with most things. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And, and I don't really like the details of things. Like, I bought a, a TV the other day and one of our staff was like, oh, like, what, what's the specs? Or like, what is it? Is it, oh, I'm like, it's a TV. How big is it? About that big. It's, I don't care. Like, it, it shows the rugby. That's all I care. Like, it plays movies where things blow up. It's fun. I like it. It's, that's what I'm into, man. Like, I, so for a lot of my response to a lot of things is, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. When's your dad's birthday, Steve? I don't know. When's, when's your kid's birthdays? Kind of. Had, I, I'm, I'm close. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. But how many of us would have a similar response when it came to the state of our money? Like, how much money you got? I don't know. How, well, like, what's coming in? I don't know. What's going out? I don't know. How much debt are you in? I don't know. Like, what's the state of your in-out flow of your, of your finances? I don't know. Like, how much debt are you in? I don't know. Where'd your money go? I don't know. Like, and, and maybe, like, like, we're in church, so I'm assuming there's some Christians in the room. Like, <laughs> it's a fair assumption. <laughs> I wouldn't make this assumption at Botany, but you guys, yes. <laughs> Maybe we spiritualize it. And we're like, you know, I'm just, I'm just believing God for my breakthrough. And I'll, I'm going to believe God with you at the end of this full breakthrough. Uh, trust me, I'm praying for that. I'm going to pray for financial outpouring in your life. That's what I'm going to do. But maybe we over-spiritualize, we're like, I'm just believing God. I'm struggling. I have no idea my financial position. I have no idea what's coming in or going out. But I'm just believing God that some miraculous breakthrough is going to come. And we just spiritualize it going, I'm just waiting on God for my breakthrough. How about this? Proverbs 21.5 says this, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. Not good praying. I'm a fan of praying. Don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of good praying. Like if, I'm into it. I'm all about it, but it's not good praying that leads to prosperity. might help your soul to prosper, but good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. 
Good planning and hard work. Maybe you're waiting on God for breakthrough, and maybe he's waiting on you to make a plan. <laughs> maybe he's like, yeah, cool, I'll bring the breakthrough. You just need to show me the money. Like, what's going on with your finances? Proverbs 27, verse 23, 24 says this, Know the state of your flocks. Any sheep farmers in the house? I'm guessing we're close to that region. Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds. For riches don't last forever. In other words, know your sheep. What do you got? How many you got? What are they like? Are they sick? Are they healthy? Are they like what, what's going on with your sheep? What's the state of your money? What have you got? What's coming in? What's going out? What's your current condition? Where, where's, your, where's it all going? Do you have a budget? Do you have any sort of forecast for what, how things are going to move, how you're going to grow that herd? Like, what, what does it kind of look like? Proverbs 8 verse 6, sorry, Proverbs 6 verse 6 to 8 says this, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. You came to church to be encouraged today. Pastor Steve called us lazy bones. No, God did. It's, I didn't write this one. This isn't, this isn't in my handwriting. <laughs> Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. Do you know that in your life there's summer and winter seasons, just like there are seasons in, in, on, on the planet, that you're going to have times where you are, you're making money and there's times where it's not coming in. And the, the important part for us is if we have a plan, we have margin. We have some savings. We have some reserves. One of the most difficult places to live is paycheck to paycheck. Like, 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 and don't, I've been there. Like, I have personally been in that place where financially we weren't wise and we were living paycheck to paycheck to our last 20 cents in our bank account. Like, we would get to the point after a fortnight and be like, babe, don't buy milk. We've got, we've got nothing. Like, we've got 20 cents in our bank account. You can't buy anything. We've got to wait three days. So then it's just like, okay, we're just going to make... So listen, I've been to that place, and it's a, it's a really... It's hard to, like, find any kind of flourishing in your life when you're living in that kind of space. And, and I want to say to some of you today, the very best thing you could possibly do leaving today... I know, I didn't... This isn't homework. This is after-church activities. <laughs> is to... Go home and just look at your money. Like, open up your bank account. I know that's scary for some people because you're like, I don't want to know. Like, <laughs> that's scary. But wisdom is knowing. Wisdom is looking at that and going, you know, what, what, what's sitting here? What am I spending? Like, where did it go? Like, what am I spending in it? Oh, I'm having like an $8 coconut latte every day. That's adding up. That's, that, that, that's going to that's gonna quickly add up. Or I'm, you know, you just have a look. What is going on? And, and, and start to make and formulate for yourself a bit of a plan. The first step is just to know, like, what's going on? And then start to work out a budget. And I know there's probably people in this church who are accountant extraordinaires, and I love you because I could never do what you do. I would, like, be bored to tears because there's no fun way to do accounting. <laughs> But you could sit with somebody and help them along the journey. If, if you are in the position, you know finances, it's like your game, then I would encourage you to even on a connect card, just tell, say that you can help and you're willing to help. And so if someone comes to us, we can say, go see this person. They'll help you walk a journey. Set a budget, get some advice, make a bit of a plan. Is this okay? 
We're learning, we're probably not learning anything, but we're just being reminded this morning, aren't we? Okay, my last thought, Ben, you guys can come. Um, it's, this is really simple. I know this is really simple. And I kind of, um, I don't apologize for being simple because this, I think actually for some people, this message will be the most impactful message you'll hear all year. Like in terms of turning your life around and getting it on track, this will be the most impactful. Um, it's very practical, but it's, man, the, just the wisdom in this book is incredible. Okay, the last, the last thought I have is this. Uh, if you want financial wisdom, so to grow. So to grow. So decrease your dependence on debt. Show me the money. Like, find out what's going on. And then so to grow. Uh, some of you may or may not know our online campus pastor, Pastor Adrian Daniel. He's, uh, he's a legend. He's amazing. He's a good friend, incredible guy, great family. Uh, but when I was a youth pastor many years ago, he got saved in our youth ministry. So he came in, a friend brought him along, and he got saved while we were youth pastors. And he was that kid that just showed up all the time. Like, everywhere you went, he was there. And he almost became like a little bit of, I felt like he was stalking me. I'm just saying, like... It was, a, it was a little bit weird. Like, he, he would just, I'd be at church, and it was, he'd be like, hey, Steve. I'm like, oh, Adrian, you're there. Hey, wow. Okay, cool. And he just, like, every day, like, I'm in the office working. Hey, Steve, Adrian, you're here again. And then, like, I'm setting up church. Hey, Steve, oh, Adrian, you're here. I'm, like, I'm at the shops. I'm walking down the shop. Hey, Steve, oh, I'm, okay, Adrian, stop it. I'm going for a walk. He's in the bushes. Hey, Steve, like, oh, gosh, it's getting weird. I'm in the shower. Hey, Steve, Adrian, no, like. Just couldn't get away from him. Like he just, he was just always there. We moved to Whangarei. He, oh, I'm coming. He's, uh, hey Steve. I'm like, you're here. Like, what are you doing? We moved back to Auckland. Hey Steve, you're back in Auckland. Like, just couldn't shake him. Just like, like couldn't get rid of him. Like, just, just man, you just c- couldn't get away from the guy. Still can't. He still like bugs me every day. There's some principles in the Bible, like Adrian, you just can't get away from. You just can't get away from it. So no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you look, no matter where you go, you just cannot get away from some things. And one of those principles is so to grow. You just can't, like you try. I I challenge you to look in any book of the Bible and find where that does not show up. It's everywhere. So to grow. I'll reinforce again, this is not a give more money to the church message. I want to reinforce that again. Proverbs 11.24 says this, Give freely and become more wealthy. Oh, okay. I thought it was like, like take more money and become more wealthy. I thought that's how it worked. Isn't it like earn more, grow bigger, get more income, and become more wealthy? Isn't that how this thing works? This is, this is where the kingdom economy is very, very different to our world. So where the economy of God is different. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Be stingy and lose everything. Give freely, become more wealthy. Be stingy, lose everything. I kept hearing, uh, like I've been in church now, I've been on staff nearly 20 years. So I've sat in a lot of services, heard a lot of preaching. And one of the things I kept hearing was preachers saying, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. I'm like, well, I'm going to try. So one year, I was like, I'm going to test this out. I'm going to try and outgive God. And for a year, I kept a, a journal and I tallied every single thing I gave away. Every dollar, every gift, 
every item, every bit of food, every meal I bought for so I tallied all of it and I kept like an accounting record. You guys, accounts, you've been so proud of me. It wasn't fun, but I did it. I kept a big record. And then on the other side, I kept a record of everything that came in. Every unexpected over and above that came in that I was not expecting or didn't ask, whether it was someone buying me a meal or giving me a gift or, you know, some kind of financial increase, whatever. So I just kept the tally. It was crazy because it started to get a bit absurd. By the end of it, I was giving away so much. Like I, I pretty much emptied our bank account because I'm like, I'm just going to go. Like I'm just giving. By the end of the year, I tallied it up and I had received back 10 times what I'd given. 10 times. Like almost to the dollar, 10 times. It blew my mind. I was, and I was trying hard. It got fun by the end because I'm like, you want some money? Here you go. <laughs> oh, an offering. Awesome. Take my money. It just, it just got crazy. A financially foolish mindset says this, once I have enough, then I'll honour God. Once I have enough, then I'll honour God. Like once I get all sorted and I've got my bills paid and I've got my life set up how I want it to be, then I'll honour God. But a financially wise mindset says, I honour God first and then overflow comes. Then overflow comes. Okay. Some people understand that. And some people, the people who are clapping probably seen this. They understand how this works. It's a, it's a, it's a different economy. Proverbs 3 says this, Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then your barns will overflow with grain and your vats with new wine. Hmm. What? Wait. Aren't I supposed to fill my barn? Like fill and then give? Hmm. Am I not supposed to wait till I have the overflow? Then I've got some to give? Shouldn't it like, once we get every sorted and now I've got some overflow, then I can honour God. That's the opposite way. God says this, honour the Lord with your wealth and with the best parts of everything you produce. Then, then you see overflow. Then you see abundance. So to grow. So to grow. Um, one of the other things that Proverbs says uh, is that wealth is a trap. So we talk a lot about finances right now. But... Wealth is a trap. The best escape plan is to give away the thing that will trap you. If wealth is a trap, the best antidote for that trap is to give away the thing that will trap you. Honor God first with your wealth and the best. If you, if you look through Scripture, there's a principle that the first and best is always God's. Always God's. So there's an argument to be made that the tithe is not actually giving. You can't give what's not yours. Your giving is above that. When, if, 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 like, if you borrowed my lawnmower, you never gave me a lawnmower. You gave back to me what was already mine. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first and best part of everything you produce, and then your barns will... He will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Generosity, tithing, giving, giving and offerings, supporting the poor is a massive part of financial wisdom. So it's like, it would, be, it would be wrong of me not to sort of talk about that. Um, 
And as we honor God first, we actually position ourselves for the abundance and the overflow of God. And for some of you today, this is, this is the part of financial wisdom that is gonna be the revelation that actually shifts things for you. It begins to tell you things. Listen, it's not about the amount you give, it's all proportionate. But you just determine in your heart what you're gonna do. Here's some homework. Okay, we're back to homework. We're, this is post-church fun things to do. Just have a look at what you're sowing. Just have a, have a look. Uh, I'm not saying give more. I'm not saying just, just have a look and, so, and, and ask yourself, man, am I, am I sowing? What am I sowing? Uh, because if, if you want to grow, if you want to see the abundance and the increase, then generosity is the way. It's, it's the component. You, without it, you're not. You're not going to see it. And I challenge you, try, do what I did. Take a month, try and out give God. Just see what He does. I guarantee, I guarantee you it'll blow your mind. Um, I get to rub shoulders with quite a few like church leaders around New Zealand and around the world, which is really cool because you get to meet amazing like men and women of God, people you look up to, people you're like, wow. The thing that strikes me the most about the people who are operating at a level with God where I'm like, I want to be there. The thing that shines through the most when I meet all these people is that they are outrageously generous. They're, it's, it oozes everywhere, everything about them. Every time I hang out with someone, I'm like, man, you're like a giant in the faith. All I've, I'm like, man, Steve, you gotta be more generous. You gotta, you've just gotta be more of an open book. Just be like, just let it go, man, let stuff out. My heart for us uh, as a church, collectively, myself included, is that um, we would be a church of financial freedom and legacy, that we wouldn't actually be a church that is like, you know, coming to church and singing songs and spiritually being built up, but financially in our lives we're like struggling and you know crumbling under the crushing weight of stuff there are some very simple things that you and I can do to put in place that'll set us up for financial freedom uh, set us up with to live with good financial wisdom not being weighed down by money but being oh, man I want to be free from the worry of it I want to be free from the burden of worrying about how I'm going to live and what's going to be like and what my kids are going to do I want to set myself up in a way that I'm going to be like it doesn't matter I'm good like I've got the wise things in place and I'm free to serve God. And my prayer for all of us today, and I know this is a really simple, practical message, but I, my prayer is that you would begin the journey to take some steps to get into a place of financial freedom, financial wisdom, and, and begin to live and align your life the way God would have you live. Is that cool? Can I pray for you, church? Uh, I'm gonna pray. I wanna pray a few things. I wanna pray firstly for those who are really struggling financially. Um, I wanna pray for those who are business owners to just experience the blessing of God and just provision. I want to pray for supernatural provision that God would come and bring increase. Um, I, I want to pray for those who have a gift of giving. I believe there's a biblical gift of giving that you just, man, God's just wired you to be generous and to give. It is a, it is a gift. Um, and I, pray, I want to pray also that we'd all just live with a, with a great level of wisdom. Is that cool? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the wisdom that comes from the pages of your word. And I just pray, Lord, today as we have had a conversation about the, the, the issue of money and the issue of finances, and Lord, it can be such a burden. It can create such tension in relationships and marriages and families. It can be such a burden for us and be so consuming with all that we do. But Lord, I pray that we would be a church that lives financially wise. Father, that we wouldn't just ignore this or put this to the side like it's not a big deal. God, it, it really is a big deal. 
It's a huge part of our lives. And I pray that we would have the wisdom to live aligning our lives with the truth of your word. Father, I pray right now for those who are really struggling. God, I pray for those who are, who are maybe weighed down with debt and, and are just struggling to see a way through. I pray, Father, that they would have the wisdom, the courage to step out and say, I need some help to begin to pay down debt, to begin to live back within their means, not living tomorrow's life today, but living just as they are today. God, I pray for wisdom with creating budgets and and bringing organization and clarity to our finances. God, we don't want to be weighed down by this. We want to be free from it all. Father, I pray right now in the room for the business owners, those who are those who employ people or run their own business. God, I pray just for financial blessing and provision for increase and overflow and clients and, and customers just to pour out, Lord, that they would see a, a, a dramatic increase and overflow in their business, oh God. And as they seek you first, as they serve you first, as they honor you first, God, I know that you're going to create increase. You're going to cause overflow to come. Father, I pray for those in the room who have the gift of giving. God, raise them up. Lord, help them to be a people that know, man, I'm gifted to bring this back, to give it to God, to give it to His people. And God, I pray you bless them and multiply all that they have. And God, I pray that for all of us, we would live with a greater level of wisdom living kingdom orientated and seeing your blessing, your provision, your life come. I pray that this would be a freedom message, a freedom moment for people to begin to live the way you're calling us to live. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. Just while your eyes closed and every head bowed, I want to pray one more prayer this morning. I want to pray for you today. And I know we've talked about finances and stuff, but I also, I know that the greatest need for you and the greatest need for me is not financial freedom, it's spiritual freedom. The greatest need for you is not to pay the debt of your car or your house. The greatest need you have is the debt of your sin. And the, the truth is, friends, that God loves you, God made you. God's got a great plan for your life. And I know for some of you today, you came to church because you knew today, I need to get my life right with God. That's why I'm coming to church. I need to get my life right with God. You're here today. You're not right with Him. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Or maybe you're here today and you'd be honest and say, Steve, I'm far from God. The truth is God loves you. God made you. He has a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all sin. We all fall short of God's standard. And the payment, the debt for that, we owe. The payment we owe is debt. God in His grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself everything you and I would do for our sin. He paid the debt, and He conquered death in the grave, and He rose again to new life, and He extends to every person here today, not judgment, not condemnation, but grace. Forgiveness for your sin, a new life that begins right here, right now. Hope for your future, and eternity in heaven with Him. And if you're here today, and you're not right with God, but you want to be, I want to invite you right now to pray a very simple prayer with me. I'm going to pray this prayer out loud. You don't have to pray it out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. Just say these words. Say, God, today, 